0: Just when you think the Chad Daybell saga is almost finally over, you get thrown a curveball. See what I did there? Chad likes to talk code using baseball terminology. Right back at you, Chad. Chad Daybell's lawyer, John Pryor, has filed a motion to be taken off the case. We're going to, of course, get into the details along with some extra info about Dirty Little John and his shady past and his deal with the devil. I'm Linda with It's a Crime, so now let's get into it. On January 11th, 2024, John Pryor filed a three-page motion to withdraw from representing Chad and detailing the reasons to take him off the case. John has been by Chad's side defending him for the last few years. He began representing him back in May of 2021. We've heard John throughout the years fight aggressively for Chad. We've heard him fight to have... Lori and Chad's case be severed when it was tried together and that was approved. Lori was sentenced in July of 2023 with three life sentences without parole. She's due to go to trial for two more conspiracy murder charges in Arizona and that was pushed back so stay tuned for those updates. Now John wanted the case to be out of the area also for trial and it was approved and moved to Ada County. We saw him use distancing language in court calling Lori, Miss Vallow, and not daring calling her day bell very rarely anyway. We've seen him do whatever it takes to fight for Chad, no matter how long winded John is. And believe me, with how many hearings I've watched and you've watched, he can go on and on and on. And recently, John fought hard against the death penalty fighting in November by filing a motion and in December arguing it in a court hearing to get it off the table. If he was found guilty, but the motion was denied. And he argued that because Lori didn't face the death penalty, neither should Chad. And he reiterated that Lori was the one who headed it all, she was in charge, and he argued that the prosecution even based Lori's entire trial on the fact of Lori being the boss, so to speak. But Lori didn't waive her right to a speedy trial, and Chad did, which is part of the reason why it's still on the table for Chad. In Lori's they simply couldn't do what was needed in such a short amount of time. So Lori escaped death, but then again, you know, she's a self-proclaimed goddess and she lives multiple lives or probations as they call it, reinforcing her goddess status. And I'm sure Lori is reveling in that fact. And so on January 11th, John filed a motion to withdraw for two major reasons. Number one, John deemed Chad indigent and stated that he just can't work for free. In the document, it stated at a hearing on January 19, 2023, this court inquired of Mr. Daybell and declared him indigent. John said, after speaking with Mr. Daybell, I have confirmed that he is unable to pay any additional funds and he believes it would be a disservice for me to continue to represent him in a capital case and trial without compensation. Now, John already owns Chad's home and we'll talk about that more in a moment. But number two, John is not qualified as a death penalty lawyer something that many of us were wondering which makes sense now for one of the reasons why he was pushing to have the death penalty off besides the obvious he wasn't certified and if no death penalty then obviously he would continue fighting that good fight for Chad but in the documents he's saying he's located an attorney In the motion, it states, I have made a diligent effort to find a lawyer to assist in this matter for a significant amount of time. The attorney who I located and agreed to try to get qualified has not yet been approved by the Public Defense Commission. The time for him to be of any assistance to me in preparing for this trial is long gone. Now, I do wonder how big of a process it is for an attorney to become death penalty case certified. I looked up a little bit about it, but it's interesting to me. I wonder why John, didn't or maybe couldn't i know there needs to be two attorneys in a death penalty case and i'll get to that in a moment but according to nate eaton from east idaho news from the sounds of it there aren't many death certified lawyers in the area And when, really, when you think of it, there are other major cases in Idaho. We have Brian Koberger, who's one of them, who could be facing the death penalty. And I did look it up, and there are 13 death penalty lawyers in the state of Idaho. And I realize John wants to get paid, but he's probably worked for free up until this point. I'm thinking, what's 12 more weeks in the grand scheme of things? Or less, right? And according to the rules of the defense team, there were new rules and standards that came into effect in 2018 regarding a death penalty defense team. And in it, it needs to include at least two capital defenders, an investigator, a mitigation specialist, and at least one member qualified to identify mental or psychological disorders. Now, I don't think Chad ever had a psych eval done that I can remember. Do you remember, let me know below maybe when it was, what it was all about. I really don't think he did though, but let me know below. Now, the updated standards for the death penalty lawyer basically says that if you're appointed as an attorney, you've got to join in on some training and show that you know your stuff when it comes to the capital defense. And on top of that, the new rules want appointed lawyers to be familiar with and stick to the performance standards laid out in the guidelines. Now let's get back to the documents. In the motion, John expressed the challenges associated with handling the case, emphasizing the need for continuous demanding work for over four months without compensation or adequate support. So Chad now is in the process of getting two attorneys who are more qualified and that he's consenting for John to go bye-bye. But what does that mean for the trial? After hearing about John's motion to withdraw, JJ's grandparents, Kay and Larry Woodcock said, "'There's nothing in this journey that surprises us anymore. It is what it is, and his trial will be when it happens. It's in the Lord's hands. Who are we to question him?' Now, jury selection for Chad's trial was supposed to start on April 1st in Ada County. So if the judge grants John's request, which I'm thinking very, well, he it will happen, Probably, then kiss that April 1st date goodbye. What do you think? And then Chad's trial is going to be delayed. And I mean, it could be significant delays. There's so much to know and sift through in this case. Plus, it's a death penalty case. And even after four years, I mean, how are they even going to have this trial in 2024? I don't think it's going to happen. What do you think? And I'd be very, very surprised. Now, There is a hearing to hear this motion to withdraw scheduled this week on January 18th at 10 a.m. I'll be live streaming it. Look out for the post and remember to hit the.
1: Mother's Day is almost here and you can get her the most beautiful time test to gift around a watch she can wear every day from movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics or tried and true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at movement is up to 50 percent off site wide during their Mother's Day sale. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.
0: Minder on it. Now, let's talk about the deal with the devil. Remember when Lori said, if Chad is the devil, he sure is a good one? Well, John owns Chad's house, and there are some feisty opinions about it, let's just say from John's colleagues. Chad transferred ownership of his house to John on May 12, 2021, almost a year after the kids were found buried in his yard through what's called a quit claim deed according to property records. Now that's around the same time that Chad retained John. So John would be the new owner and he would be responsible for the taxes, the mortgage if there was one, and any liens if there were any. Now remember Chad received $430,000 from Tammy's insurance and when he came back from Hawaii it was said he had about $180,000 left and as we know lawyers do not come cheap so this could have been a way to pay for John's legal services and according to my research clients do transfer real estate to lawyers but is said to be extremely unusual and it's not looked upon in high regard it's typically frowned upon. A criminal defense attorney in Idaho had something to say about it and said no reputable lawyer would take a case with a quick claim house it's what low-level shady lawyers do another defense attorney said it's not a good practice for an attorney to do it's very risky especially in a high profile murder case like this to take the client's assets for whatever reason now here's a question i wonder once he gets off this case if he's gonna sell it do you think he will if so There are some people that have something to say about it as well. Like it's a home of a famous murder case. Victims were buried in the pet cemetery and also murdered in the home. Some might want the home just to say they own the Daybell house, as sick as it is. It's a a four-bedroom, one-and-a-half-bathroom rancher home on 3.75 acres just outside of Rexburg. Maybe John's banking on selling it while the trial actually happens. What do you think? Now for the dirt on John. Over 10 years ago a young woman claimed that John attempted to sexually assault or force himself on her in his own conference room. She allegedly was looking for employment and legal advice, but John denied the claim saying he paid her for sex and she consented. And in 2012 he pled guilty to misdemeanor battery and was sentenced to 120 days in jail which he served he took a mid-trial plea to misdemeanor battery and there's two versions to the story as usually there is. The first was that John paid her for her services, so to speak, and that she was in dire straits financially, and that was that. But according to reports, this young woman was looking for a job and advice on a child custody case. And the defense said that the woman lied about the incident to her boyfriend, her family and police and the defense also said they would show jurors video surveillance from the law office and also evidence of a 200 dollars bank deposit made by the woman but before john took his plea the woman said she refused when he offered her a job and help in the child custody case in exchange for having sex with him and that the deposit was from an unemployment check and money given to her by her father But the prosecution told the juries that they would present DNA evidence to show that John touched her unlawfully. And the woman went that same day of the incident to the police. But there is a quote by her, and I can relate, and many others can relate to this, I'm sure. She said, I wasn't going to say anything because I was scared of him. Because I didn't think anyone would believe me now i had something like this happen a very long time ago i was in my 20s i was working in oil and gas in downtown calgary i got a promotion that i worked really hard for and i had a meeting one day and after that i was called into the bigwig's office he reiterated what happened in the meeting which was fine And then he propositioned me for sex i told him no and then the sabotage started and there were things that were supposed to be relayed to me that weren't i was missing meetings and deadlines but never told about them and the list goes on and i kept my mouth shut for a while because i was afraid of disrupting that apple cart And in those days, and in my experience, oil and gas was a big old boys club. And it just was. And you don't mess with this guy. And eventually, I got fed up, and I ended up going to HR. My work was affected, and I take pride in my work, and I was worried that I'd lose my job, and I was a single mom. So I went to HR, and guess what? The guy who was the head of HR happened to be best friends with the big wig guy in question so he made excuses for him and said oh that's just who he is so i told them to take the job and shove it where the sun don't shine and i'd rather work for minimum wage than put up with their bs and in the oil and gas industry in calgary as i know it you don't say anything because they all know each other so if you go get a job somewhere else you know they'll talk i'm only one woman in a million plus people here in calgary and there are way more stories like that so good for her for going after the guy and a lawyer at that and he pled guilty before um, going through with the actual uh, full-blown case i guess so to speak so let's talk about jj and tiley for a moment a judge now has released tiley's remains to family members after all these years. They recently released JJ's as well. And there's two ways to look at this upcoming trial for Chad, even if it's a year or even two from now. Number one, we all want this over with, and I'm sure especially the families involved. But number two, maybe justice can be served up extra hot for Chad and his involvement. Those poor children and his wife Tammy at the time all murdered they found Tylie's DNA on a pickaxe and a shovel we know she was dismembered and Tammy was posed after she died to make it look like she fell off the bed and JJ was bound with duct tape over his mouth and you don't need that unless you're alive and all of these murders are and were horrific and Chad can get what he deserves and I think Chad revels in what happened That's my opinion. I think there's a whole lot of dupers that goes on with him and he was and is obsessed with death. And the lawyers will have so much to learn in such a small amount of time. Let's hope it doesn't drag on too long. Now you can check out Lori's trial that's also postponed right here and the new Tammy Daybell series right here and check out my theory videos right below. Thank you so much for watching. Stay safe out there.